Hey, I told you to move the beans. All you have to do is move it. Move the beans. Hey, move the beans. M-O-V-E. This is the Move the Beans podcast. Stories of ordinary habits that have extraordinary results. Here's your host, Dan Abaticola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Move the Beans podcast, stories of ordinary habits that have extraordinary results. Welcome to another Sunday morning edition of the Move the Beans podcast. You might not be listening on Sunday morning, but this is when these podcasts drop, and they're kind of in lieu of a regular church service. We have a local community of faith here in the burbs of Chicago that have been unable to meet like many other churches. And I know churches are doing things online. And and so we kind of went this route. We're doing a weekly podcast to kind of continue to keep our community engaged in God's word and then connect it with one another through the teaching of God's word. So if you're not a part of our community, we welcome you to kind of listen uh, each and every week. And we're just developing a habit of obviously getting into God's word and understanding what the certain topics and teachings that that we're going to be diving into and just that's it's a good habit to get into and it's it's a, never a bad thing to be encouraged by the reading and the studying of God's word. It kind of started a couple weeks ago when we launched this Sunday morning podcast here at the Move the Beans podcast on Easter morning and we talked about Easter hope and actually real hope comes from the person of Jesus Christ demonstrated by what he did. He died, he was buried and he rose again. That's the event that kind of starts it all for followers of Christ, right? The resurrection. Christianity is based on an event. It's not based on religion. It's not based on a list of do's and don'ts. It's actually based on an event. A man rose from the dead. And when he did, he brought hope to you because he defeated your two biggest issues. And I know your two biggest issues because they're my two biggest issues, physical death and personal sin. When Jesus rose from the dead, He defeated those two things for every man, woman, and child who simply embraces him by faith as Savior, as Lord of your life. You can then have hope to help you face whatever life throws at you. Not only do you get forgiveness of sin by applying what Christ did on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection to your life by just admitting, hey, I'm a sinner. And what Jesus did, I'm going to apply that to my life. And so you get forgiveness of sins, you get a new life here on earth, and then you get a life in eternity with your Savior. And so with that hope, right, that that hope that's demonstrated by what Jesus did, we have that hope in a relationship with him by just simply trusting in him, comes peace. Peace always follows hope, right? Peace always follows hope. And, And we get this peace by simply trusting in Jesus, by understanding that when we lay our heads on the pillow at night, like I said last week, We have this understanding that Jesus has our best interests in mind, that he's going to really do things for our best interests to give us a sense of peace that we can go through life and go, you know what? Things are going to be okay. Even though they might not look okay. We're in a worldwide pandemic. We're in a lockdown. People are losing their jobs, laid off. Money's tight. People are frustrated. But I still have peace because of who Jesus is in my life and the fact that I'm trusting him. So kind of our key verse for this series entitled Peace is John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you. See, this is what Jesus left with us. Peace I leave with you. He says, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives a different kind of way, right? Jesus says, you follow me. 
and I'm going to give you something different than the world has to offer. And then he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Listen, I talk to people throughout the course of my day, my week. I have a regular Monday through Friday job and people are afraid. People are frustrated. People are angry and all these sets of emotions, you know, and, and Jesus says, hey, don't do that. You can live with peace. Peace I give to you. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. And so even in the midst of this troubling time where people are afraid, people are scared, people are frustrated, people are angry. I'm kind of more on the frustrated, kind of angry mode sometimes because I just don't understand things, what's happening. And I'm a little bit of a control freak, probably like you. And so I need to kind of grab a hold of everything instead of just simply hoping and putting my hope and my faith and my trust in Christ. And he will give me that peace. And so sometimes I lose it periodically. And uh, if I hear something that kind of sets me off, I kind of try to figure it out myself. And then that just gives me a lot of other different issues and problems. But sometimes when I talk to people, they're fearful. They're uneasy. You know, they're, like I said, they, they've lost jobs. They're laid off. Money is tight. They're, they're uncertain about the future. Their health, are they going to die? They're, they're afraid. And Jesus says, listen, you can live in peace if you have a relationship with me. You trust me. Let me be your living hope. Let me be the person that you find peace in. But there's something we need to understand about this peace. Listen to this. This The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Philippi in Philippians chapter 4. He says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And then, then listen to what that develops in your life. And the peace of God, he writes, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. This promise is really, really amazing. But don't let the fact that you've heard this passage over and over, because if you're a regular churchgoer, you've heard Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 a number of different times. And don't let that familiarity of of that passage kind of just let this passage just kind of glide past you. You know what I mean? And the fact that you heard it over and over again possibly dulls its power, but I don't want you to do that because it's an amazing promise, especially during a time like this, especially during a time like the pandemic and the lockdown and the shelter in place that we're going through. See, because God is promising us peace in everything and freedom from controlling anxiety. In other words, peace is ours for the taking. See, some of us are walking around going, I'm so frustrated he made this announcement or she made this announcement and we can't do this and we can't do that. We have no peace, but peace is actually ours for the taking. So if if we don't have the peace of God guarding our hearts and minds, it's all because we do not do something that God calls us to do right from scripture, which is what he says, pray in Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. He says, pray, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. He's calling us to pray. God is calling us to do something easy, simply to talk to him. You're frustrated? You're fearful? You Are you angry? God is simply saying, hey, give all that to me. And when you do, there's a promise attached to that. But see, but we make it difficult by not being disciplined, right? We, we make it difficult for, by not being committed because we're so busy and we're so fearful and we're so angry and we're so frustrated that we, we kind of leave prayer out of it because we can handle it, or we're going to handle it by just being a mess. Some of us like to do that, but 
by not creating a habit of prayer. We're talking about habits at the Move the Beans podcast. And yet we don't move the beans when it comes to this idea of prayer. And, and talk about the ordinary that has extraordinary results. It's prayer, right? Jesus said, hey, come to me. He says in Matthew 11, chapter 30, because for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's, it's light. My yoke is easy. He's calling us to pray. And, and what is prayer exactly? Because you might be listening and going, you know what? I don't pray. I don't have a prayer life. It's kind of weird. I see people praying out loud. It's kind of creeps me out. It gives me the heebie-greebies. It's like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. So, so what is prayer? Prayer is actually asking our generous Heavenly Father for whatever it is we wish. But now here's the kicker. Trusting that He will answer with whatever we need. See, see that's, that's the difference. We go to God with things that we want, right? But he answers that in his timing, in his perfect timing with whatever we need. And that may be different than what we want. That's why we don't have that awesome car or that beautiful big house or the job of our dreams or that person in our life. I mean, we don't always get what we wish for or ask for in a prayer, but God gives us exactly what we need when we pray. And, and this is the cool thing that talks about prayer. And, and this is really what I want to concentrate on. In First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, prayer is also casting our anxieties on him because he cares for us. So, but, but the only problem with this easy yoke, this thing that, you know, asking God in faith for what we need is that we often find it hard or, or too difficult, actually. And what we find hard about praying is believing God believing that he is making any real difference, especially when life isn't going well, right? Like, look at your day, look at your week, look at the things that are going on in your life. And you're thinking to yourself, because I do that sometimes, where is God? Life isn't making sense. Like, what is praying going to actually do? I don't believe it's going to make a bit of difference. You see, Prayer, and you can look at this all throughout scripture, prayer is the primary language of our faith in Christ. That's why a soul full of trust in God finds prayer almost effortless. Like if we're trusting in God and we're pursuing him and our relationship with Christ and we spend our days just walking side by side with our Savior, it's very easy to be in this communication with our Savior because our heart is like full of trust. And then we find peace. And it's just like talking to a friend. But, but a, a soul that's full of doubt finds prayer a heavy burden. Why? Because we see no value in it. Because we do not believe. And maybe you're there today. Maybe you're there. Maybe you're thinking, you know, life isn't going good. Things are very difficult for a lot of people. And maybe you find it easy just not to believe that there's a God that loves you and cares for you. And you have no peace because you cut off that promise from God. And an accurate gauge of our level of faith is how and how much we pray. Do you realize that? Let me read that again. The, an accurate gauge of how or our level of faith is how and how much we pray. A growing prayerful dependence on God is evidence of a growing spiritual maturity. A growing prayerful dependence upon God. Like, God, you got to be with me today. I'm, I'm not going to step a foot out of this bedroom and, until 
I know you're with me and I trust you and you have my best interest in mind. And we're going to go through this day together, regardless of what's going on out in the real world. And the more we pray in faith in everything, right? For the more we experience the peace of God, that's the promise that we're talking about here. So the fact that we do pray by faith is evidence that we are growing and experience God on a moment-by-moment basis translates into feeling his peace because we trust him and we believe him. And our peace grows as we continually make prayer a priority. So, so here's, the, here's the big question. Why do we find prayer such a labor, such a task, something we should do, but we don't do? Why do we fall in the patterns of that? But why do I fall into patterns of that, especially during times like now, right? Especially during times that are really difficult, that things are going bad. Everybody's locked in the house. Maybe you're having relational issues. Maybe it's financial issues. Maybe it's health issues. Maybe it's just mental health. You're just afraid of everything because we need to be connected with God so we find that peace. We all get caught up in the junk and we lose sight of him, right? And when we lose sight of him, we don't experience his peace, his peace. Perhaps the key is striving less to be spiritual or religious, right? Because we're all good at that for an hour a week, you know, like on a regular day in a regular season of our lives, we go to church and we spend an hour there, whatever church you call your home. You know, whether you go to the church that you grew up in or, or you, you found a different church. And, and so we're religious or we're spiritual for that hour. And so we walk out and feeling a little better, but then life hits us again. Monday comes, the pressures of life. And then again, the season that we're in. What if we simply begin to rest in the faithful one of Jesus Christ, whose yoke is easy? Maybe we find peace that way, right? This type of trust could be rather transformative in our lives. It could make a change completely in our lives from the inside out, a kind of change that would be very evident to people who we run into, right? See, Jesus came to give us peace, a real peace with God. And how did he do that? Well, listen to this in Romans chapter five, verse one, Paul writes this to the church in Rome. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came to give us peace between us and God. That's what Jesus did. And how did he do that? Since we've been justified, Paul writes here in God's word, we've been justified. Now, justification or justified is a kind of a big theological term that I'll just kind of really quickly go through. Justification means this that once you trust Jesus. Once you say in your own heart and say, there's nothing I can do in and of myself to reach a holy God. So I'm going to trust by faith from a guy that did something 2000 years ago, died on a cross for my sins personally, because I'm a sinner, was buried. He was dead and he rose again on the third day. Because I'm going to make that decision to follow him, that has nothing to do with religion. When God looks at me, I am justified because I'm in a relationship with his son, Jesus. The blood that he shed on Calvary now covers my sin and I'm justified. So the fact that we make that faith decision to follow Jesus Christ 
now we have peace with God and God doesn't look at us as an enemy of his anymore. In fact, he looks at us as one of his children. He says, oh, I I see that you're covered with the blood of my son. The sacrifice was made. It was a proper sacrifice. And and although you're a sinner and you're going to continue to sin, I love you. In fact, I always loved you. Now, now, you know what? Because of what my son did and by faith, you began that relationship and now you've been justified and you're welcome to come in to my family. And that invitation goes out to every man, woman, and child, no matter what part of the world they live in, what their skin color is, what their background is. If you embrace by faith what Jesus Christ did for you, God will look at you and that act of faith will be enough for you to be grafted into God's family. You will be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. And then you will have peace with God. And like I said, you will still sin. You're not going to be a perfect person. There is no perfect person. So justification starts by faith in Christ in that moment. And then another theological word is this word sanctification is every day you become more of the person that God created you to be in a relationship with him. And so if you began a relationship 10 years ago with Christ, I'm sure, hopefully, you're a little bit different than you were 10 years ago than you are today, that you're growing in a prayer relationship with Christ. You're growing in generosity. You're growing in kindness. You're growing. You're, you're becoming more like your Savior, Jesus. You're growing closer to God. You're becoming more wise and more knowledgeable in the Word of God. So justification saves you in that moment. You are justified by faith in Christ. And then sanctification is the process that makes you the person that God created you to be in Christ. And that's all of us, right? And through through that process, actually, he wants to give us a deep, right? A heart and mind guiding peace in the midst of troubles, like all of us have right now, like all of us are experiencing right now. Listen to, to John chapter 16, verse 33. This is Jesus. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So, so this trouble that you're experiencing today, the lack of peace that you're experiencing today, right? The, the, the spirit of fear isn't from Christ, doesn't manifest itself from God. It's actually from the world. And, and Jesus says, hey, take heart. If you're in a relationship with me, listen, I've overcome the world. I've overcome this. I, I rose from the dead. I've overcome this world. And, and so if you have a relationship with me, you also can have that peace today. He can provide peace, real peace. He said, my peace I give to you in John 14, 27, our, our key verse for the day, right? For the series. And so it's ours for the taking. All we need to do is ask in faith for everything. And, and, the, and the key, the faith key that unlocks this peace that surpasses all understanding is seeing him as the faithful one, the one that we rest in. Not a bunch of rules, not a bunch of regulations, not a bunch of sit down, stand up, kneel here, do this, dress this way, look this part, have the perfect family, have the perfect background, have the perfect past be perfect right now, but resting in who Jesus is today, that will find you the peace. And and resting in his ability 
to do what he has promised to do, which is take care of you, which is to provide you hope and peace and love. It's an easy yoke, but, but don't forfeit this peace like we do at times. And we carry needless pain and worry and anxiety, right? Like so many I've talked to, right? Including me at times. We, we, we carry needless pain and worry and anxiety around because we lose sight of the person that we should be really focusing on, the faithful one, Jesus, who brings us that peace over and over and over again. So let us carry everything to God in prayer and trust him fully to provide everything we need. That's how we kind of rest in the faithful one and, and kind of religion and all the rules and all the structure that maybe you grew up with as a kid and that kind of drove you away from church and you're kind of bitter about that kind of stuff. That, that all kind of goes to the wayside and you can simply just trust in the person of Jesus and rest in him, rest in him. In Philippians chapter four, verse 19, it says this, Paul writes the church in Philippi, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He is knowing Jesus. And in knowing Jesus, you have peace. And God will meet all of your needs through person who brings you hope and peace. So are, are you in need of some peace today? Are you needing some peace in the midst of this coronavirus lockdown? Do you find yourself anxious? Do you find yourself worried all the time? Maybe you just need to rest in him. Maybe you just need to find some rest. Last week, I, I, I gave you some applications like, hey, like turn off, the, turn off the news, quit watching that kind of stuff and just kind of, you know, open yourself up to what God has for you, you know, and, and kind of unplug from the world as much as you can, but be informed, uh, but just kind of lower the anxiety level. And I, I think that that was pretty good advice. And what I like to do is, you know, hear from people that know way more than me. And so I thought I'd end this podcast this morning with some portion of an interview that I heard with a doctor. And this, his name was Dr. Stephen Hotze. He's a MD from uh, Houston, Texas. Really just a, a long career, stellar career. I've heard him on a couple different podcasts. I saw him recently on Fox News, a little uh, interview that he had I saw online there. And he has some really interesting facts about what we're going through as a country and maybe even as an individual, and this might hit home. So I want to share some of the stuff that he said, not to overwhelm you, but to encourage you as it encouraged me. And at this point uh, of the podcast, of the recording of this podcast, there has been just under about 40,000 people who've died of the coronavirus, okay? And then that maybe just raised your anxiety level a little bit, right? 40,000 people. But just kind of consider the size of the country we live in, okay? So in, in the U.S., 54 million people get the flu each and every year. 54 million people. That's one out of every six people that live in this country get the flu. 62,000 so far have died of the flu this year so far. That's in relation to two out of every 1,000 people here in the United States who contracted the coronavirus. So it's one out of every six compared to two out of every 1,000. And on average, the flu, you know, kills 
between in the United States between 50,000 and 70,000 people approximately each year. So 50,000 and 75,000. We're up to 62,000 already this year. Now, let's just look at a worldwide kind of scale. Worldwide, um, between 650,000 and 1 million people die of the flu each and every year worldwide. 1.5 million people die of tuberculosis worldwide. Half a million people die of malaria worldwide. Listen to this one. 800,000 children, five and under, die of diarrhea every year. That's 2,100 kids every day worldwide die of diarrhea. Now, that's a pretty easy thing to combat, right? And yet in 2020, with all the advances we have, with all the money that we have, with all the people that say how smart we are and how they are, sorry, they are 2,100 children die of diarrhea every year in the world. That, that's, that's crazy to me. Now, let's get back down to the United States here. 650,000 people yearly die of heart disease. Die of heart disease. 1,700 people every day. So today, 1,700 people died of heart disease. And yet we still sell and promote and eat bad food, right? 600,000 people every year in the United States die of cancer. And then throw stroke, diabetes, tobacco, all the effects of, of, of those things. People die each and every year in the United States. Alcohol-related deaths, 88,000 per year in the United States. People die. Auto accidents, 37,000 people die in the United States each year on average due to auto accidents. That's about 100 people a day. So today I'm recording this podcast late in the evening to be dropped on Sunday. And today, there's 100 families grieving because they've lost a loved one in a car accident. 1.4 million people in the United States get severely injured in car accidents per year, maybe change their life drastically. In the United States, 2.8 million people die yearly. 2.8 million people die every year. That's 7,700 people daily die in the United States. Why do I bring all that up to you? Why did the doctor bring that up in an interview? Here's the point. Life and death are certainties, right? You were born, you were born basically to die. You're going to die. Death is a reality unless Jesus comes back before you die. Death is a reality. The types of death that causes people to die is a number of them, right? There's so many. I haven't even mentioned suicide or, or some of the others. People die every day. The coronavirus is something that we're anxious about, we're fearful about because the media and people are really pushing that narrative and it's not a hoax and it's not fake. People are dying, but people die every day and we don't walk around in fear and we don't walk around with anxiety. But some reason now we are because we're not allowing the peace of God to flow through us because we're not resting in the person who brings us peace, which is Jesus himself. And so the doctor, this Dr. Stephen Hotze, um, he said something really interesting that I, I kind of played back and, and, and wrote down. He, he's a follower of Christ, this medical doctor. And, and the interviewer said, hey, what, what's a couple things that we could do? 
He said, oh, that's a great question. He says this. He said, trust God. We should be living with a spirit of power and love and a sound mind and not of fear. He goes, trust God. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. We just were just talking about that. So, so trust in God. Trust God. Live with a spirit of power and of love and of discernment or, or a sound mind, not of fear like we tend to do over and over again. And then he said, number two, pray. Perfect, right? Pray. Pray to the God who's in control of the situation. Pray to the God that's in control of your life. Listen, death can come in a number of different ways. Whether it's the coronavirus or something else, death could come. So, so we want to trust God. And part of that trust is praying that he has our best interests in mind, that, that we give him everything that we wish and he gives, him, gives us everything that we need. We simply communicate with God and give him our requests. And then what comes out of that is the peace that transcends all understanding. The doctor knows it. We know it at times, but we forget it because we lose focus. So we trust God. We pray. And then there's a point that we need to be responsible to, right? He says this, group all these together. He says, eat healthy, exercise, sleep, take some supplements or vitamins. Make sure that your immune system is healthy, right? Especially with this kind of virus that attacks your immune system. You want to do the things that, that build you up as a person. Quit eating junk food. Quit sitting there in front of the TV and watching hours upon hours of TV and snacking, right? Eat healthy, exercise, get a right amount of sleep, which I probably don't. I probably could do that, right? Load up on vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D3, K2, right? Potassium iodide. Those are some things that boost your immune system. Get some zinc in your system. All the things that this doctor says, I've been hearing over and over and over again that helps boost your immune system. Real good practical advice. You got to trust God. You got to pray. But there comes to a point where you have to actually take some responsibility for your life. And then with that, as you become stronger and healthier, guess what? You have this sense of peace because you're doing what God has called you to do as you're trusting in Him. And then he said something really interesting that I don't think maybe, I don't know, maybe through years of life and just experience that he, that he understands. He said, number four, he said, be kind, be kind. And I, that kind of dawned on me as a kind of a shocker. I was like, well, what does be kind have to do with anything? He said, and there's been studies, the more generous you are, the more, the more kind you are, the, the more times that you're there for people, it actually boosts who you are. And when you're healthy and you're mentally healthy, it actually boosts your immune system. It actually makes you physically healthy. And you don't have that turmoil with inside you because you're not angry, but you're kind. And then as you're kind to someone else, then, then the, the world gets impacted with kindness. So it kind of has a twofold effect. So he says, trust in God, pray, eat healthy, exercise, sleep, take vitamins and supplements, do the things that you need to do and be kind. Be generous with who God created you to be, the person that you are. Be generous with your gifts and your abilities. Be kind, especially, especially in our day and age where so many people are on edge, right? So many people are on edge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this today. It says this, um, God has prepared us for good works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared 
in advance for us to do. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do those good works. Now, those good works do not save you, but they are evidence that you have begun a relationship with Jesus Christ and you're moving and pursuing towards him. You're being sanctified. The process of sanctification is over coming you and you are becoming the person that God has created you to be because he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Be kind. He has prepared us for days like these, right? He has plans to show the riches of his kindness through simple acts of courage in a world that is paralyzed and consumed by fear. That's the days that we live in. I I pray that in the strength of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you find the courage not only to trust in him, but to communicate with him in such a way that he brings you peace, that you grab hold of this peace that he promises us in a relationship with him, in a trust relationship, and not about religion, not about rules and regulations, but simply a relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope this week that you go out and make an impact for Christ, that your anxiety level drops as your peace in Christ rises to new levels by simply just trusting in Him. What a habit you could develop this week as you simply start living a healthier lifestyle, right? Trusting in Him, prayer, eating, exercising, doing the things that He's called us to do, and simply being generous and kind with who you are and impacting the world around you. I hope you have a great week. I hope that this habit of what we talked about today, finding peace and resting in Christ becomes something that is just a normal way of life for you. And that enables you to, as we say it here on the podcast, move the beans and make an impact in the world. I wish you nothing but the best and hope nothing but the best for you. Have a great week. And we will see you next time on the Move the Beans podcast, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.